people first organizations will win in the future of work. Your only real asset is your people. We, we all, all want, want purpose-driven work. work. HR-led organization is I'm sorry, but leaders don't lead empty desks and empty shop floors. Welcome to the People Strategy Leaders Show. I'm your host, Sri Chalapa, founder and president of Engagedly, and a serial entrepreneur in technology, films, and music. This is where we talk to people leaders, business strategists, and organizational savants about leading in the time of change. What is working, what is not working, and more importantly, what we should be thinking about. Stick around to the end of the show. We will reveal how you can be our next guest. And now, let's engage. Hello, this is uh, Sri Chalapa again with People Strategy Leaders Podcast. And today I have the honor of having Omanua Olulano, uh, who's a chief HR leader for AppZone, which is a company based in Lagos, Nigeria. Um, Omanua serves as a chief human resources officer, bringing a wealth of knowledge and array of experiences in diverse sectors including financial services, e-commerce, nonprofit, and technology. In her current role leading the HR team, Omanuma works to help the AppZone group connect, develop, and nurture its exceptional and passionate talents while helping them discover and maximize their potential. Well, welcome to the show, Omanuma. Really, really excited to have you here and talk to you again. Thank you, Sri. Thank you for having me. You know, it's not every day that I have... um, a discussion with uh, somebody from Africa, and there's so much potential there, uh, yes. especially where you are in Nigeria, which is, uh, a, you know, some of the some of the best engineers I've known have come from there. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about AppZone, which sounded very exciting from what I read, uh, and obviously you're one of our Engagely clients. Full disclosure, um, you know, it sounds sounds like what you guys are doing is 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 the next generation of fintech. Yes. So uh, what does AppZone do and what is your, uh, what problem are you trying to solve? Okay, so AppZone Group is a fintech company. Um, We are a payment infrastructure company um, leveraging on the blockchain technology. And we've been doing this for recently four years. Before that, we have actually um, been experimenting with cutting edge technology to deliver automated and digitized um, solutions to our financial institution clients, you know, so from the banking application all the way to multi-bank direct debits, um, all the way to card issuance and processing, and all the way to merchant banking, you know, for us, it's really helping them automate and digitize their processes um and they're able to focus on delivering value to um their customers you know so we're more of an infrastructure builder you know but focused on um enhancing um financial services within the financial ecosystem okay and so your clients are are they primarily in nigeria or overall in africa or the entire world um so currently they're more in Nigeria, but we have clients cut across different countries in Africa, from Ghana to Kenya, Rwanda, um, you know, and um, South Africa. That's awesome. So building a, an infrastructure like that requires obviously high level of skilled talent um, yes. and building a very strong team. And then obviously, so you are in that position where your role is to make sure that you have an organization with the best talent 
performing at their full potential. So tell me a little bit about how did you go about identifying some of the you know, challenges that you were looking to solve or some other improvements you wanted to make as you got on board with this organization? Okay, so um, it was, so I, I got on board um, early last year and one of the key things for me was to, you know, um, get aligned with the vision. What are we trying to achieve here? You know, and literally, um, like, like I mentioned, we are stirring the transition into DeFi and decentralized financing, you know, for Africans. So it was a case of um, um, where we are and where do we need to be, you know, so looking at the different um, touch points in the employee life circle. So all the way we are, the way we attract our talent to the way we um, onboard them to the way we grow them, support their, you know, support their growth aspirations, you know, and all the way to off-budding. And it was taking an audit of what we have done so far and what we could do better. So right. when you're so when you're doing that, you know, obviously one of the things that, you know, when we were talking earlier, you're a big fan of, uh, you know, goal setting, OKRs yes. and KPIs. Yes. Um, so what, what was the problem you're trying to solve with that in your in the, in the context of your organization and then how did you go about using that as a approach okay so like you rightly pointed out we um what we are trying to do we need the best talents right and so for us it was how do we build how do we um, eh, um enhance our efforts in the um strategy of building a high performance culture and that really narrow down on performance so how are we able to enhance productivity you know and and you would you would agree with me that um employees you uh, employees are Productivity is enhanced when employees are fully connected to the vision and the mission of the organization. Mm -hmm. When you understand how the impact they have in their little corner there on their role is impacting on the organizational um, goals and values, you know. Um, so it was looking at performance, it was taking the performance management process to say, how do we make it progressive, you know, and then really breaking it down. So what did we currently have, you know, and what were the areas we could optimize, you know, or improve on? Right. And uh, yeah. And so one of one of the major areas that we identified and in this journey of making it a progressive performance management process was the fact that um, there wasn't a very clear laser um, alignment between individual contribution to organizational the organizational goals for the year. Right. Um, mm -hmm. That was one. Two, um, performance for us is not just about you know, um, when people say, oh, the carrot and the stick, you know, and then the stick approach is, oh, you're monitoring people. If they don't do well, you exit them from the organization. No, for us, it's how do we um, work with you in such a way that we're able to support you in those areas where you need improvement, you know? So we are constantly watching when there's a constant feedback, you know, um, that real time and the check-ins, regular check-ins that help you know as an employee, as an individual contributor that, I'm on the right track. These are the areas that I can improve on. And then also um, giving us insights into those gaps in terms of the skills or competences, you know, the skills and knowledge abilities required for you to deliver on your role, what those gaps are and how we can quickly plug them with any L&D um, initiative or, you know, efforts, literally. So that was a, a second part. So how, how, were we, how could we um, incorporate constructive or an productive feedback into the performance management process. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, and then thirdly, like I mentioned, focus on development of the employee. So in that 
progress um, in, in sorry in the check-ins as the person is working towards the achieving on their objectives, you're also determining those um, skills, um, knowledge and abilities that they need that they currently have gaps in that you need to support them to upskill them in, you know. Um, and so that was the way we looked at it. And that was like really the strategy, you know, um, to building a progressive management, um, performance management process. So that's obviously a lot to do. Uh, yeah. given that because it's a lot of change management, you know, yes. uh, I don't know where the maturity level was of the organization when you came in. So in that journey, where are you today and where else do you look to go uh, in that journey uh, in the near term? Um, so I would say we have taken significant strides, um, but there's still a lot of work to do. So we had to like breaking down the process, like you had rightly said, is a change management process. It was a huge one because um, the spotlight hadn't been on individual contribution, but more on the department or the team contribution as a whole, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it was getting everyone to first of all, um, understand the concept of OKRs because it was a new methodology we were introducing into the system. Um, get a concept, understand the concept of um, OKRs, especially our managers who would really guide the setting of those goals and key results. And then um, helping them build the the um, attitude or the habit of having regular check-ins with their direct reports you know and then a second a fourth part I forgot to mention was we were very big on automating this entire process mm -hmm. the way that we had you know clear empirical data you know to see the progress of um, individual employees and how it impacted on the overall um, organizational goals. So it was um, breaking it into, you know, like small steps. First of all, getting everyone to understand the concept of OKRs, imbibing the culture of having constant um, honest productive feedback, you know, and then having everyone embrace the platform, you know, um, and, and, and I dare say that Engagely has really done that for us in helping us automate the process. It was, um, it wasn't exactly an easy journey choosing mm -hmm. a platform to do all of this for us, but you know, reaching out to Engagely team, working with your team, um, the support, the flexibility was really awesome. You know, and I would say we have taken significant strides. Now, as an organization, we are focused on looking back to say, what can we optimize and what can we do better? We have a lot of work to do in the area of feedback. We have a lot of work to do um, in the area of um, recognition you know, which is a, a very important part of the performance management process. We already have reward, you know, um, already part of our um, DNA, but how do we encourage managers to publicly or privately um, recognize the contribution of their direct reports, you know, in such a way that they are meeting the, an intrinsic need of value? Yeah, yeah. For that direct report, yeah. Yeah, so going back to, you know, goals, uh... I, you know, as a as a leader myself in Engagely, you know, one of the things I feel is goal setting is a key component of people strategy. Yes. Uh, even though it's considered many in many organizations as part of your financial or business strategy, uh, yeah. but if you don't translate goals directly to teams and people, then people don't really know what they're working towards. Sometimes, right? Okay. Um, I mean, back in the day, Lackham and Loth did a did a lot of research on goal setting theory and there was some really interesting uh, research that came out. Uh, in fact, there was another research that was done in 2015 as I was looking at some of the data that people who wrote down their goals, just the fact of writing down their goals with 
33% more successful in achieving their goals than the people who did not do that and just kept it in their head. So yeah. just the mere act of writing down the goals can make a huge impact on on outcomes for an organization and for the individual and the teams themselves. So, uh, you know, kudos to you and and the team to you know take on that approach because one of the things with goal setting is you're you're putting it out there. So now you're somewhat accountable and responsible exactly. for achieving exactly. the goal. Um, yeah. And uh, you're also uh, making that uh, alignment to the organizational goals, so that gives you some purpose and meaning yes. to the work you do. So that's one of the reasons we we are a big proponent uh, ourselves of, of goal setting internally and externally to our clients and 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 to anybody who listen to me. So <laughs> that's uh, that's my point of view on that. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. It might be still early days, but what kind of results have you seen from these initiatives that you have uh, undertaken? Um, so on. Just speaking to the performance um, management aspect, we actually, on uh, on the impact on the bottom line of the business, we actually have grown, you know, um, and I can give a rough estimate of about between 10 to about 15x in terms of growth. Um, and um, just having managers more accountable for the growth of their direct reports, you know, it's really um, something progressive to watch, you know, so you now have managers saying, um, these are the skills required for, they are now more knowledgeable about the skills required for the individual roles under their direct um, oversight. Um, they are much aware of the strengths of their team members. And they're actually willing to go into conversations. I, I remember when we started, um, a lot of managers shied away from giving feedback. Mm -hmm. You know, they go, how am I able to tell this person that this thing you have done doesn't meet the expectation, but do it in a very um um in a very honest and productive way that stirs that person to really critically look at those gaps and make an improvement to make it better. You know, but we have made progress. We had a couple of trainings. You know, it's a continuous process. It doesn't ever end, you know. Um, and then we actually seen um, a lot of the managers take ownership for their teams. Um, and then we're seeing performance actually go um, um, grow higher, actually, you know, in terms of output and the position of the organization. Yeah. Now, one thing that is, is very true is that a lot of managers and individuals in general uh, are afraid to give feedback you know positive feedback to some extent is also something that people are not very generous with i think the people need to be more generous with their yeah. appreciation and recognition um but critical feedback for improving performance or improving behavior or changes in behavior i think is also imp important i think the reason being they're afraid of how they might be perceived they don't want to necessarily exactly uh, hurt the relationship that they have but you're not doing anybody any favors by not actually having the discussion uh, yeah. so having a good uh, maybe a framework for that on providing good feedback in a structured way that actually is doesn't seem like you're hurting or pointing somebody out you're you're actually pointing out a behavior not the person you know exactly so that's yeah. uh, i think that's been a, a a change of mindset that people need to have when they're giving feedback. Um, yeah. You know, in many circles we hear, uh, I've heard this before and and I don't know how you feel about it, but you know, we think feedback is a gift, you know, because you're helping the other person improve by doing that. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very glad to hear that you guys are really doing a, a, a fantastic job in driving that feedback culture within the organization to yeah. make that improvement. So what about some of the challenges, uh, not necessarily challenges, but approaches you took to make sure the managers 
were uh, were enabled or they felt that they could give feedback without having a lot of hesitation about you know hurting their relationship um okay so one major thing that helped was the training and what was shared at in the course of those workshops was the fact that um you need to see feedback as you objectively helping this person see a behavioral trait that they can either drop or um a hands-on you know mm-hmm. uh, and, and if you think about it that way, you're not you're not witch hunting the person, you're not victimizing the person. You're actually looking towards the growth of that individual, you know, um, while they work with you and then you eventually move on. Um, so it helped having those workshops, talking to them, and then actually having um, um, scenario-based training. So we had, you know, um, sessions where you would. Put it into like a practice to say okay how would you give feedback to this kind of employee if you get this progress report on a particular objective and all of that stuff and it, it greatly helped another thing was the fact that um because everyone had that mindset that you're not given feedback to exit the employee at the end of the day you're giving feedback to support the growth of the employee and help them you know um excel better on the job it kind of got them to latch onto the check-ins. So when they go in for the weekly, some some managers meet weekly, some meet bi-monthly. You know, you actually have that um, correspondence on, and I'm I'm speaking to the platform here. You know, where under each goal, you're able to put your comments in to say, I had these challenges, I had this blocker, and the manager is able to provide guidance to say, did you look at it from this perspective? Did you try this? Um, maybe we could look at X, Y, Z to help you achieve, you know, um, better traction on the goal and all of that stuff. So I would say two key things that helped. One, the trainings. Um, and then secondly, um, the constant orientation that it's geared towards the growth of the employee, not necessarily you having to exit the employee from the organization. If that eventually happens, both parties can clearly see that there's been a lot of support you know, in enabling that employee improve on the job. Yeah, that's that's excellent. I mean, I, I'm very, very pleased and it heartens me that you've taken that approach in the organization. So kudos to you for, for doing that. Um, as an HR manager who's listening to this show, um, I'm sure not everything went 100% perfect in your approach. <laughs> so, so what are some of the lessons learned that you would want to, you know, convey uh, out there that you... and and some other uh, recommendations that you would give them? Um, Okay, so lessons learned. I would say um, get all your stakeholders um, to buy in into the change. And when I say stakeholders, I'm not saying stop at management or stop at the founder level or the C-level or the exec. I mean, get all the managers all the way to, if you have them, leads, you know, get their buy-in get their input, get their feedback. That way it enriches your approach to implementation, right? Um, And then when you get those feedback, take them seriously because they are the ones who function in those roles. They know um, the peculiarities that they face, you know, so take their feedback and then, you know, incorporate it as much as possible into the process. Um, And then, you you can't just take the approach that once I have deployed a system, then I can go to rest. It would yes. automatically run itself. You have to constantly have um, workshops, trainings, 
constantly reevaluate the process to say, what can we do better? What are we optimizing? You know, what can we stop? What can we um, um, change, revise upon and all of that, improve upon basically. So you have to know that it's a continuous process um, till everyone understands and it becomes um, part of their culture. It becomes part of the way we work as an organization. It's something that you always have to constantly review for um, improvements, areas of improvements, yeah. Well, thank, thank you, Amanua, that, that's very helpful. Uh, you know, getting stakeholder buy-in is extremely critical as part of the change management process because, you know, just because you have a great process, it doesn't mean it's gonna, you know, take off and, exactly. and work on its own. Exactly. And even if you implement it, it doesn't mean it's gonna work six months out. You have to exactly. stay on top of it and repeat yes, and repeat. There's, and there's no such thing as over-communication. You know, you can, you, you can communicate again and again the same message, maybe in different mm -hmm. words, but the same message. And, mm -hmm. and that's the only way you get the buy-in that you want. And obviously the results uh, will bear fruit at the end of the day if, if you're, you know, obviously if you're taking the right approach. Yeah. So, um, Omana, what, uh, you know, last question, last couple of questions I have, you know, uh, one is what, what, how would you describe your leadership style as a leader? You know, when you're thinking about, uh, you know, what how you go about building your team uh and how you work with your the people and and getting things done you know what's uh how would you describe your leadership style in that context um so i would say it's a blend um the the times where i'm very democratic and the times where i'm very um authoritative you know it, it depends on it's situational it depends on what the situation calls for you know um but more importantly for me is the fact that I try to ensure that everyone sees the big picture. If everyone sees the big picture, at least in, you know, you're able to explain that big picture in a way that it can relate with it, right? You actually have solved more than half of the issue of underperformance because they clearly understand where the, um, the team is working towards and what we're trying to achieve, you know? And then... Um, I deal with a lot of empathy. I lead with a lot of empathy, you know, because we're human beings, we're not robots. You know, um, the only way you can get the best out of people is when they are fully committed and um, emotionally they are connected, you know, to the vision, either the organization or um, the department. So as much as possible, I um, try to, 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 to check up on them beyond work see them as people that have lives beyond work you know mm -hmm. i know that we are moving into a space right now where work is life and your life is work but the reality is that you know they have families they have loved ones they have bills they have issues you know not within the workspace so as much as possible offering that shoulder where they can talk about those things you're interested in their well-being as as people you know and then connecting them to the bigger picture but then i can also be very firm when i need to be yeah. Yes. Yeah. And sometimes you have to be to make sure that things do move forward and exactly. you know, eventually, uh, you know, it's still a business you have to run. So, uh, Omanwada, it's been a pleasure talking to you. How can people reach you? Um, so my profile is on LinkedIn. I have my email address there on my profile, you know, Omanua Ululano, and that's my name. It'll pop up. Okay, excellent. Well, thank you very much, uh, Omanua, and and uh, you know all the best in your journey and the journey of Abzone. You guys are doing some amazing things for uh, you know in the country of Nigeria and Africa as a whole. So I'm I'm very impressed, and 
uh, excited to be uh, working with your team as well. Um, so thanks again. Thank you, Shri. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Okay. Until next time. All right, then. Bye. Thank you. Shri Chalapa here. Thank you so much for listening to the People Strategy Leaders Podcast. If you are a successful leader or a people strategist who would like to be on this program, please visit engagedly.com slash people strategy leaders podcast. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show and include the hashtag people strategy leaders. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up, ratings, and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Follow me on LinkedIn and Twitter at Sri Chalapa. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time. And thank you to Patrick Ramsey, sound engineer at Kalinga Production Studios, for recording and mixing this show.